Welcome to Laces Out, an NFL podcast that goes over everything football. Here to talk all things football is your host Suhaib. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of this show. Yo, yo, yo. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Laces Out. I am your host, Sohaib, and today we are back with another episode with the one and only Amin. Amin, how are you doing this week? Man, it, I'm excited for the trade deadline. I'll say that, but okay. for my team, it hasn't been so good. Let's just say that. Looking forward to the draft. Isn't that isn't that what like your goal is every season? Always, baby. It's always looking, the draft. looking ahead to the draft. That's the best part of the season. But yeah, as I mean, kind of hinted towards, we will discuss the recent, uh, you know, NBA light trade, trade desk season deadline, whatever you want to call it. Right. <laughs> but we'll talk about the NFL trade deadline coming up, about potential players that could get traded. You know, a couple of big trades happened this past week. We'll give our thoughts on that. And then we'll go through the usual, give our thoughts on if there's a night football matchup that happened, go over key storylines, give our predictions, go over the betting segment, the fantasy segment, and give our bold prediction to wrap it all up. But before we begin, I just wanted to remind everyone that Laces Out is an NFL podcast that goes over everything football. So if you're an NFL fan, I don't know what you're doing, go out, subscribe. We are available on all the major podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so much more. And with that being said, let's get right into it. I mean, let's start off with the trades that happened. I feel like the biggest trade of the week or the biggest trade of the deadline after CMC was this trade, Robert Quinn, being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth round pick. Does this cement the Eagles as an NFC favorite? I mean, they already were an NFC's favorite, so they're just reloading, adding more to that daunted daunted defensive line. So, yeah, Robert Quinn, beast player, had 18 and a half sacks last year. He's not doing that good this year, but get what you get, man. Get what you can get. No, I mean, they're, they're not even paying that much for him, isn't it? Like the Bears are paying majority of his salary or something like that. Are they? I, it's, I remember seeing something like I think they're paying like seven million or something like that of the salary, which is like a W for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they didn't have to give up any premium picks. Yep, they still have another first round pick. <laughs> oh my god, I still can't believe, it, but like a potential top ten pick with the New Orleans Saints. That's crazy. And they still have you know day one, day two picks, and they just had to give up a day three pick. At the end of the day, that's nothing to a Super Bowl contending team such yep. as the Philadelphia Eagles. And then this one was a bit of a uh, bit of a surprise with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Phil- uh, not Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants, their fellow NFC East division rival. Kadarius Tony surprisingly traded for a conditional third and a sixth. He was just the Giants' first round pick last season. This season he gets traded for two, you know, late round picks. Yep. Is this, you know, an L for the Giants? Or it's just, you know, they just had to get rid of him and then they, it's a good thing they got something from him. It's a good thing they got something from him because this was part of the last regime and Dave Gettleman. So you kind of got to make up there for that mistake somehow, get something while you can. And I think it's a good move for both sides. Tony, you saw he's an electric playmaker in college. Imagine pairing that up with Patrick Mahomes where they haven't really had that established wide receiver one. If Tony could be that for them, fair play, but Giants got something in return. So win-win for both, I say. I kind of I kind of agree with you. You know, it just wasn't going to work out for Kadarius Tony's for some odd reason. I think Brian Dable just wasn't a, wasn't too fond of him. And for them yep. to get like a third round pick, which is relatively solid, 
I think that's a, that's like a solid that's a solid return for the Giants. That's for Kansas City. You're getting a your potential wide receiver one right now. We've seen what Kadarius Tony can do when healthy. Just give him the ball and let him do his magic. Him in the Andrew Reid offense, that's that's really good to think about. Exactly. He needed the fresh start. <laughs> exactly. And then what better fresh start than with KC, yeah. <laughs> KC who's looking like an unstoppable offense this season. Of course. I, it's just insane. But you know, other than that, there haven't there isn't any other trades. However, if you if I were to ask you, I mean, right now, which team slash player do you see, you know, making a trade or like which player do you see getting traded next? Give one of each. That's very interesting. Team, I'm going to say the Packers. I think they have to get a wide receiver. They've been very stubborn with it, and you saw that them trying to do it through their draft, but yep. you have to go get that wide receiver one if you want to contend. And then player, hmm, that's that's interesting. I'll say I'll say Kareem Hunt. Why not? Chiefs running back. They've started using him less. Browns running back. Or Browns running back, sorry. Browns <laughs> running back started using him less and less. I think he know, needs to go to a team that will use him more. So look for a team like – Philly, maybe that'd be crazy, but somewhere like Philly to get them or Buffalo, even. That's an interesting one. I am for for team. I'm going to go with Green Bay. As I said in my last episode, I went on a bit of a rant. If you want to see that, yep. you can check that out. But my last episode, I said if Green, Green Bay has to make a move, you know, if they do. They if they don't make a move, they really waste another year of Aaron Rodgers, and you know his years are limited. He can retire after the season, and you know, <laughs> Green Bay screwed. I think they have to make a move and I think they will make a move. They're just, there's just so much pressure, especially if they, if they lose, which they're expected to lose this week, there's going to be a yeah. ton of question marks in green Bay. And like, you're going to have to go out and get like a premier star. That's what I think. It ha- that's what I think it's going to take to like satisfy a guy like Rogers right now. You got to go out. I think DJ Moore has to be a Packer after the trade deadline. I think he's oh. the biggest pr- uh, wide receiver in the market. And I think that's, I think that's a trade that's going to, so to answer the player part, I think it's going to be DJ Moore. I think the Packers make the move because simply you have to. If you don't make the move, it's it's just I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right, you know, PG way of saying it, but like <laughs> let's just keep it nice and say that you'll be really dumb if you don't make a move if you're the Green Bay Packers. Even Absolutely. if it's even if it's like, you know, we were talking about this earlier off the show, um, like a Chase Claypool per se. A guy that, you know, has the talent but just hasn't had the he wasn't in, in the right system. Yep. I think getting a guy like Chase Claypool can do so much for a young receiving core that lacks experience. Get a guy like Chase Claypool whose ceiling can be like, you know, who has a really high ceiling and he has experience this being his third year in the league. Like, even if you make a trade like that, that's like worst case scenario. You have to make that type of yeah. trade. It's just, it's, is, am I wrong? Or is it like, no, that you need to make something to improve the offense because you can't just rely on check downs to Aaron Jones all day. You got to be able to stretch the ball downfield and, Claypool, hey, he could – it's possible he could do that for you, you know. But, like, six take, foot five, four three speed type of guy. Exactly. Like, like a LaFleur offense would be insane, just saying. Yeah. But um, taking off, you know, your line – or, or, you know, your lion's lens off. How are you, are you enjoying lions, this? Lions, that, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you, like – do you believe the Packers make playoffs this year? Man, that's an interesting question. I, I still think – ah. I don't know. They had a tough schedule, I'm just saying. They do, yeah. And this, obviously this week is incredibly tough. I'll say they find a way, somehow, some way, they, they do enough to get in. But it's not going to be as like that one seed or anything like that, obviously. Okay. It'll be like a wild card barely getting in. Let me rephrase that question. With the current team, do they make playoffs? Ooh. I'll still say yeah because I don't know if they do much of the trade deadline, but 
if they keep playing like this, no way. They got to change their whole play style. Something offensively has to change with the play calling. And yeah, they got to change the schemes. Okay. I just wanted to get your opinions on the screen based situation. I gave mine. I went on, I was kind of a bit pessimistic on them. You're kind of a bit optimistic. I I mean, I've seen the past, man. I'm not going to rule them out completely yet. I don't know. Uh, Or, you know, unless Rogers goes on one of his uh, relaxed runs, we'll see how it goes. But, We'll see how it goes. Trade deadlines Tuesday. Uh, be sure to check in on Laces Out whenever you know the trade deadline finishes. We'll he- we'll be here covering all the trades. Let's hope it's a big deadline. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Anyways, moving on to the Thursday night football game: Bucks Ravens. I made the mistake of believing that the Bucks can't lose three games in a row because the Ravens came in, although they were missing guys like Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards was hurt. Who else were they missing? Him? Rashad Bateman got hurt. Rashad like, Bateman. Snap. Yeah. And it's like, you're thinking, oh, this is a perfect get right game for the Bucs, right? Nah. <laughs> the Bucs are in trouble. I'm not sugarcoating this. I, I, I'm i not going to repeat what I said. You know, I went on a rant on them. I said what their issues were. I want, I want to hear your take on this. Are the Am I overreacting on this Bucks, Bucks team and saying that they're in trouble? Or is it is it well warranted what I said? Oh, they're in trouble. How are they going to get better when their main focal pieces are a 48-year-old? I don't know how old this guy is. 48-year-old QB, <laughs> aging running back, receivers can't stay healthy with Godwin, Julio, even Evans sometimes can't stay healthy. So how are you going to be able to get anything going on the offensive side of the ball with those issues? And then defensively, I saw this issue yesterday. They're exhausted. They started that first game very strong, but the second game or the second half, they were completely drained. Lamar and the Ravens were running all over them. Hey, I mean, it's it doesn't get any better. Tom Brady's not going to get any younger. Your wide receiver core isn't going to get any younger. And you lose your arguably your best defensive edge rusher in Shaquille Barrett. Yeah, that too. Uh, you lose Achilles injury. Yep, you lose him for the season. And it's, you know, they they only have so much on the defensive side of the ball. Their defense can only do so much, especially when your offense keeps getting three and outs as much as the Bucks have had the past couple of weeks. And it's just eventually going to get to them. It's, you know, they're a great defense. Don't get me wrong. I think player per player, they're a top five defense. Is it really that far-fetched? Tampa Bay has a top five defense. I'm I'm just, I'm just spreading, like, I'm just saying facts at this point because they got guys like Antoine Winfield, you know, Devin White, Levante David. Their corners, we know how good their corners can be. Yet they're struggling. Is it solely based on the fact that their offense can't sustain a drive for multiple possessions or – you know, what's going on with Tampa Bay? I have no idea, man. I, I do get what your point, what you're saying with the offense, how like bad offense leads to even worse defense because the more you're on the field, the worse your defense is going to be. But defense has to take accountability too. They have to put pressure on Lamar and like other future run-heavy teams and be able to cause havoc and make plays for the offense that is struggling. A good play defensively will motivate the offense, cause them. So I do think it's both sides of the ball. Oh, so, so you think part of the blame has to go to the Bucks defense? Yeah, I do think interesting. so. Interesting. That's interesting. I don't I don't think I, but we agree to disagree. I think it's uh, like mostly the offense, but I do okay. think some portion of I mean, Yeah, you really can't argue. Coaching, that. you know, Todd Bowles, he's a defensive minded coach. He hasn't been calling up the best game plan. So Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but enough speaking of the Bucks, you know, the Ravens side of the ball. Yes, they won. However, I feel like the biggest thing that I've noticed the past couple of weeks is that the Ravens fired the wrong coordinator. Last season they fired defensive coordinator Don Wink Marindale. And, you know, people were kind of shocked at the move, brought, brought in a younger mind of Mike McDonald. I'm not saying that's a wrong hire. 
However, I feel like with the way this offense has been struggling, I feel like they made the wrong move because Greg Roman has, you know, arguably a top five QB. And this offense, I don't know what it is. They've had spurts where they've looked unstoppable. And then there were times, there are times in the game where they just, it's not only this game, it's throughout the season where they just completely like fall off and look like a dysfunctional offense. Like, is it is it unfair for me to blame Greg Roman for this Ravens struggle? Uh, that's tough because I do think it's a little bit unfair because at the second half of the game, he actually coached a really good game, got the running backs more involved, got Lamar, you know, to do more stuff. But the first half of the game, it was a horrible game plan. They were like getting smoked by, not smoked, but they were, what was the score? Like 6-10, something like that? 10-6? They just were struggling on the offensive they were, side of the They were struggling on the offensive side of the ball. It was nasty to watch. But they got things going second half. And I don't think you fire Greg Roman yet, especially with what he's done for Lamar in his career. But I do agree with you on the defensive side of the ball. McDaniel, or I'm sorry, McDonald, he's a really good defensive coordinator. He was good at Michigan. But look what Martin Dell's doing with the New York Giants. Giants have been a really good team, 7-1, and one, both sides of the ball. And the defensive hey, side of the ball. Did you, kind of, did you kind of ruin your pick? No, no, I I don't know nothing, but you kind of said seven and one. They're six and one right now. Oh, six and one. Sorry. Right, maybe you ruined your pick. Who knows? <laughs> Come on, you can't you can't get away. But I mean, um but anyways, you know, we spoke about this offense. The reason why Greg Roman looks good is because of Lamar Jackson. And as I like to say, whenever a player does good and deserves it, pay the man. Yeah. Lamar deserves to get paid. Before the season, I had my question marks, and he has answered that with you know complete and just made me completely confident in giving him the bag. His biggest issue was, you know, fixing his passing game. And I feel like he's done that while keeping up his rushing ability. Yes, he's had, you know, he hasn't been putting up the insane numbers he was putting up early on in the season. However, he's still the guy. I think if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you got to give him that $15 million plus dollar um, uh, deal. And he just balled out. It's 230 passing yards, two touchdowns. Majority of this coming in the second half. Lamar Jackson. Are you sold on paying him? Is he a franchise QB? You got to pay him the bag. He is a franchise QB. What he brings to the offense, both sides of the ball, rushing and passing, you have to pay the man. There's no doubt about it. Look at other teams. Any team would die for that type of QB and willing to give him the $50 million bag. So either you do it or somebody else will. And that'll be really interesting because Baltimore was, you know, unwilling to pay. They're not a team that, you know, usually pays that much for a player. But, you know, times are changing in the NFL. We'll see if Baltimore changes too. But it's going to be really interesting. You know, there's that football. Bucks needed to win it. They didn't get it. And now they're facing a, you know, long week ahead. Um, Next up, next up for Thursday Night Football, you know, somewhat of a decent matchup, I guess. <laughs> Just, I don't know, man. Philadelphia heading to Houston. Philly, not the World Series. This is Thursday Night Football. <laughs> the Eagles that's, going up against the Texans. I mean, you just... I mean, bragging rights, I guess. NFL predicted the World Series, I guess, because they put this game in between like the the World Series and Astros World Series game. So that's pretty interesting, I guess. But speaking of, who do you have? Who do you have in the World Series? Ooh, interesting, interesting. Because Astros are obviously the better, more well rounded team, but momentum. like the momentum. Yeah, they got all the momentum in the world. But. I'll still go with Astros. I just think this is their year. They're the most well-rounded team in baseball, and yeah, they'll okay. get it done. Okay, sadly, you know, like I just hate the state. I just hate city, the city of Philadelphia. So I gotta go Houston. Can't see Philly winning, mm-hmm. <laughs> winning a title. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to that. So give me Houston. But yeah, that was just you know, just had to ask you that question. 
That wraps up the Thursday Night Football segment. Let's move into the next segment and actually preview the rest of the matchups for week eight. Can't believe it's week eight. The season has been flying by. We're almost near halfway for the season, which means we got a special episode coming up really soon. I mean, you want to give a quick look ahead for the next episode, for next week's Friday episode? Let's be more and specific. goes to... That's it. That's all, all I'll right. say. That's, that's true. Stay tuned for that episode. I'm really excited. We'll have a larger a larger cast, and I'm really excited to the return of a special person. I can't wait to hear his takes, but that's all we're going to say. Let's move on to the key storyline segment. Starting off with the game in London, Nathaniel Hackett. We've seen rumors coming out this week that this may be his last chance. Denver Broncos have underwhelmed by a big amount. No, no, there's no certain way we can say how, how much how much they've over underwhelmed, you know, this season. If they lose, is he fired? Do you believe I, the rumors? I hope so. I don't think they <laughs> will do it, but if they lose, they go to what? Two and six, right? Or three and five? Yeah, two like and six. Two and six. I think you have to fire him with expectations that were around this team. You got the offensive-minded head coach. You got the supposedly great QB. You're supposed to be an easily playoff-level team. And if you're two and six, that's not going to happen. So I think you have to fire Hackett. Guy, it's crazy because, like, you bring in Hackett before Denver was missing that, you know, QB and offense, right? You bring an offensive mind, a head coach, you bring in a quarterback, a $250 million quarterback. And yet the offense gets worse. Yet the defense is still doing its thing. It's like, just, I think Denver is like cursed from having a good offense. I don't know what it is, but I, I agree with you. You know, I don't think it happens. I feel like it's a bit far-fetched firing a first year head coach early on in the season. However, I think you have to do it. You know, especially if the offense struggles, you just yep. you had high expectations heading to, and he simply hasn't lived up. He just doesn't look like he's ready to be head coach in the league. I don't know what it is. It's just he doesn't know what he's doing, man. He has to have somebody else make big time decisions for him. That should give you a red flag from there. It's it's else call him like the big plays. I don't know if you remember, but there was like this press conference where he's like he had permission to go for it on fourth and one. I forgot which. I think it was the Colts game. And then like in the press, he's like, on, I had I was given I was given the green light to go for it on fourth and one, like. Aren't you the coach? Like You're an offensive uh, head coach. You coached one of the best offenses last year. What's going on? It's it's weird. Because, like, you can't really say, like, oh, um, he was carried by the system. It's like the Packers' offense is struggling. Yeah. So it's either you say – it's I don't know, because does Devontae really have that big of an impact Devontae, on the Devontae is the reason. <laughs> the stock has risen so much this season. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like – I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. It's a weird situation in all three parties, but – Nathaniel Hackett, I think this is a do-or-die game. It's going to be really interesting. Do they have a bye week after this? Because I know they play in London. I'm not sure I if think it's... they do. I think because if they have a bye week, I feel like it makes it more manageable to fire your head coach because you have, you know, an extra week of preparation to find like a head coach and interim or whatnot. One sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. But it's going to be really interesting because. Yeah, they do have a bye week. Okay, so like I feel like that makes it more realistic for him to get fired mid-season because you can adjust more to it. Because you can adjust yeah. exactly. So. I don't know. I think I'd be really, really like confident if you were to lose. If you were to like, you know, the offense just absolutely like comes out flat. And then you got to start well, fire like, him at halftime. Fire him at halftime or something. You know, give the guy that's actually making the calls that coaching job at this point. Oh my God. I don't think he can do any worse. <laughs> but, anyways, that's, that's going to be interesting. That's something to keep an eye on, especially if the Broncos struggle. And then the biggest storyline of the week Panthers versus Falcons. For wait for it, 
for first place in the NFC South. I can't believe it. Hamster can't believe it. I mean, can you believe this? I cannot believe it. If you would have told me that the Bucks didn't have a two, three game lead at this point in the season, I would have been like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. But Panthers, Falcons, they've been they've been grinding it out. They're yeah, their roster. Not the Panthers. Heavy. Don't get started. I don't know how the Panthers have a chance at this. It's unreal. Look, they're, they're heavily depleted, but they're going out. They're fighting each and every week. And Unbelievable. Hey, they can get it. I don't know, man. Unbelievable. But the thing is, if you were to tell me the Bucks weren't going to win the division, I'd tell you the Saints. Yeah, right? Yeah, here we are. Panthers-Falcons. <laughs> not Saints-Falcons. Not Saints-Panthers. It's the Panthers and the Falcons, a team that I said was going to have the worst record in the league. They're out here competing for the division. <laughs> this should have been battle for number one pick, not number <laughs> That's one. What I'm South. What the and heck? what's crazy? One team, one of these two teams are going to be number one in the NFC South at week at week nine. By week nine, one of these teams are going to be number one. What happens if they tie? Atlanta is number one, right? Because yeah. I think they're number one, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, and what's crazy? It's like <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> no way this is can't believe this is happening man <laughs> meanwhile you got like the giants who are six and one and are, are not number one in their division right but here we are so like i don't know man that's just that's just weird but it's gonna be fun to watch because panthers after trading cmc <laughs> if they get number one that's gonna be the funniest thing but you know that's that's just funny to watch anyways moving on I kind of gave my opinion on this, so I'm going to have you uh, give your opinion on it as well. Mac Jones, he has been, you know, the guy in practice, so he's expected to start this week. I gave my opinion. I mean, I'm asking you this question. Is this the right call? This is such a bad call. I know Belichick is a legendary coach. I'm not going to go against his judgment, but just this one time, maybe I will, because Bailey Zappi, when he's on the field, the offense has looked a lot better. There's a sign of life. Yeah, he's going to make more risky plays I guess you saw two interceptions against the Bears which ultimately took him out of the game but he was he's making plays man he can make plays down the field Mac Jones he's been dealing with his share of injuries and I don't think I don't think he's the guy I know I wasn't really high on him coming out of college and that's especially true now I mean I don't know because Mac Jones is a year removed of leading this team to the playoffs right yeah you think he gives your team the best chance to win he has more experience he's a solid high floor QB yet his floor this season hasn't been any lower and his floor has been bad yeah I I'm trying to understand like he has Bailey Zappi through two picks however I feel like the offense was more uplifted and thus you know leading to me believing that Bailey Zappi gives this team the best chance to win and I don't know I mean is Mac Jones an interception or a bad you know bad start away from losing his job yes however I feel like the Patriots are really wasting an opportunity here where they can you know, commit to Bailey Zappi, let him grow, get his grown pains out the way instead of, you know, rotating and flip-flopping between two QBs. So, I mean... I don't get the point of this, man. Mac Jones goes in, does bad again. You're going to bench him again twice in two weeks for your former first-round pick? That's, that destroys his confidence. That's, like, that's just really bad. I don't understand how they're dealing with the situation yet. Here we are. Patriots are... It's Bill Belichick, man. If anyone deserves, like, to be cut some slack, it's him. At the end of the day, you know, he's a bad GM, but however, he's like one of the best coaches and let him coach. That's what I'm, that's all I can say. Yep. Moving on. The battle of the overachievers, Giants versus Seahawks. I want to ask you the question. I'll answer this question after you. 
But which team start has surprised you the most this season? I'm going to go with the Giants, man, because everybody expected them to be an easy last place in the NFC East. NFC least people are calling it, but now it's like the best division in football right now. Shows how crazy yeah. this year is. But anyways, Giants 6-1. and one, And they haven't been doing it with like crazy wide receivers. QB play has been – Daniel Jones, to be fair to him, he's hey, been hey, pretty – Hey, 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 don't disrespect any dimes. He's not like having that elite breakout year. Doesn't something. matter. He's doing his thing. Don't just been solid. I told you he's been yes, solid. Sir. He hasn't been. I want to hear that from you. Yes, elite. sir. They've had struggles on the defensive side of the ball, especially the run defense. Wink Martindale's done a good job to mitigate that, but they still had struggles there. And all of these struggles, it doesn't matter. They're just finding a way to grind out games week in and week out against good level teams. Packers, I know they struggled this year. Baltimore, well, so they beat like. They've just ran through everything. Jaguars. Jaguars. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the Titans. Titans, exactly. look like a better win. They're the AFC leaders last year, so. Yep. So. Putting win after win together. And I mean. I think that's more surprising. I'm going to go Seahawks because, you know, the Giants, I expected this. That's my boy, Danny Dimes. But no, I'm kidding. Actually, <laughs> actually, though, don't look at the predictions episode because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but actually, though, I think the Seattle Seahawks, and the reason being is because this offense has been one of the best offenses in the league. You would lose your franchise QB and Russell Wilson, regardless of how bad he's with Denver right now. You still lost your franchise QB. This was supposed to be a rebuilding season. However, you've looked like you're number one in the NFC West, and it's you know it's they're four and three. Yes, however, they've had a tougher schedule, you can argue, than the than the New York Giants. Yeah, you know they've beaten, and you know. They, they haven't just beaten teams. Like, the Giants have been squeaking by these teams, right? Which I'm going to give credit where credit's due. They're, they're winning games. They're doing what they have to do. However, look at Seattle's wins. They're beating teams pretty comfortably. They went into Los Angeles and blew out this Chargers team. That's insane. They they can score a ton. Their defense, you know, is starting, is starting to get better and better. They're two rookie corners, Woolen and Bryant. They've been, yep. you know, getting better, better and better each and every single week. And I feel like this Seattle Seahawks team and Kenneth Walker. I don't know if you've seen that anonymous GM's uh, quote, but like, is he the best player in the draft? I don't know. The wow. Seattle, it's it. the way he's playing, you know, it's really not that far fetched. And yep. just Seattle as a team has really impressed me. And I think Pete Carroll's stock has really like risen the most out of all the coaches this year. And fair, yeah. to me, yes, Brian Dable has done a tremendous job with the Giants. I just feel like Seattle. Yes, they have a worse record. However, I'm really surprised with the way they're doing it. They're, you know, one of the top offenses in the game. Their defense isn't last, which is what, like, I honestly thought they'd be amongst the worst in the league. I'm, I've been really surprised with Seattle, and I think they're the biggest surprise this season. They traded their two top players on each unit. Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner got better, at, arguably, on both sides Bobby of the ball. They, or cut Bobby Wagner. Yeah, and they still got better both sides of the ball. That's arguably, so that's, It's like... Next level, man. Respect that, to Pico. So it's just, I'm not, I, I, I just want to like make it clear. I'm not undermining the Giants. The Giants have been like exceeding expectations to the max. However, I feel like the Seahawks, what they're doing is just really impressive in my opinion. But that's going to be a fun game to watch. You know, people were clamoring for that to be a primetime game. I wouldn't mind that, but here we are. <laughs> Who would have thought people would want this game over Packers Bills? <laughs> I would not have thought that that was not on my bingo card, but here we are. And then real quick, you know, a few other storylines to watch for Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger, you know, you're the name guy. I Ellinger, I think. That's Sam Ellinger makes his debut. It's going to be interesting to see how that offense performs. And then the Packers and the Bills, we'll talk about that. But we spoke about the Packers in great length early on in this 
episode. So it's going to be really interesting to see Rodgers going up against Josh Allen in a what is expected to be a hyped up Buffalo stadium. Yeah. But with that being said, the storyline is out of the way. You know what time it is. I mean, is it time to cue the music? Do it. Let's go. Let's start it. It's time for the week eight NFL game predictions. Starting us off with the matchup in London, the Jacksonville Jaguars home, Wembley Stadium. <laughs> they welcome in the Denver Broncos. The Jaguars are two and a half point favorites. Who do you have winning this game? I mean, the London Jaguars ain't losing this. ETN season's <laughs> coming. Give me the Jags. All right, ETN season. I am going to go with the Denver Broncos. I think Russell Wilson comes back after a week off, fully rested. The man did four hours of stretches in the plane. That doesn't go to waste. Give me the Denver Broncos win in this game. All right, battle for the NFC South. Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are four-point favorites. Who do you have winning this game, Amin? Give me the Panthers, man. Panthers number one in the NFC South. Imagine that storyline after CMC trade. I can't believe that, but I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. They have been playing well. They have been competing. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons winning this game. Las Vegas Raiders, New Orleans Saints, and New Orleans. They need a win bad. The Raiders need a win bad. Who comes out of this with a win? Jacobs has been on an absolute tear this season, and the Saints are missing too much. Give me the Raiders. I'm going to go Raiders as well. Andy Dalton isn't a starting quarterback in this league. The defense can only do so much. Give me the Raiders. The next game, surprising favorites, New England Patriots, head into New York to take on the Jets. Jets are 5-2. Patriots coming off a loss against the Bears. Two and a half. Um, Is that kind of a surprise to you? It is a surprise, but at the same time, I think Brees Hall injury is playing a big factor into this. So give me the Patriots to bounce back this week. Oh, interesting. I think the Giants, uh, not the Giants, the Jets come out with a win here. You know, Zach Wilson, I think he has he has a better game. Bounce back game against Bill Belichick, a, t- a guy he has struggled against. Yep. But here we are. I think the Jets win this game and surprisingly move on to 6-2. Moving on. This... The battle, the Keystone State, right? I forgot what, the, what it's called. Anyways, Steelers, Eagles, Eagles 11-point favorites. I feel like this is fairly uh, obvious. You'll give me the Eagles here to remain 7-0. and does, cha- right does it change your prediction that TJ Watt has a 50-50 chance of playing? Uh, still doesn't, but the Steelers do need that to boost that defense. So I still pick Eagles, though. All right, I'm going to go Eagles. I just can't pick the Steelers in this game as much as I want to, but Philadelphia wins this game, moves to 7-0. Moving on, your favorite QB going up against your favorite team, Tua <laughs> Man, going up against Detroit. You're conflicted. Yes, I mean, I see you. So I guess you're predicting a tie. I'm going with my favorite QB, man. Him throwing to the crazy wide receiver duo of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is going to be too much for that defense, man. You know what? You're a fake fan. Give me Detroit. I think they bounce oh. back. This is a game that Campbell needs to have. They're getting their offensive pieces back in Swift okay. and Amonra St. Brown. I like Give me that. the Lions like and, up, and my upset pick of the week. I like that. I like that a lot. Moving on to the next game. Chicago Bears heading to Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is a 10-point favorite. Fairly straightforward here. Yeah, give me this as my lock of the week. Dallas Cowboys get it done defensively. Dak Prescott breaks out offensively too. All right, I'm going to go Dallas as well. Arizona Cardinals, Minnesota Vikings at Minnesota. Three and a half point favorites. Our Minnesota's three and a half point home favorites. Who do you have one in this game? I'm going to go Minnesota, but in a shootout. I think this is a game that can go either way, but okay. give me the Vikings. All right. I am going to go Minnesota as well. I think fresh off a of bye, you know, they're they're with all the, they have all the momentum in the, 
in the world right now, and I think they come out with a W here. Moving on to the next game. This one is kind of tricky to pick because the Tennessee Titans, as of now, are two and a half point favorites as a Friday night, heading to Houston, a Houston team that has been competing week in and week out. The reason why I say this is interesting is because Ryan Tannehill is 50-50 to play this matchup. Does that affect your prediction? I'm going to say Malik Willis gets to start and gets his first dub. Titans, okay. Malik Willis, that rushing attack is going to be crazy. So I think, I think regardless if Tannehill plays or not, he's just not going to be 100%. So I am going to go with the Houston Texans winning this game. Nice. Moving on to the next game, 49ers, Rams. Yeah, I want to say it's a home game for the Rams, but I just can't because, you know, Whose house? Niners house. Shannon <laughs> owns McVeigh. Give me the 49ers. That's a good one, but I'm going to say the streak breaks, man. I'm going to say Rams finally get the dub over them in regular season. No Debo. That's going to be a big problem. Give me the Rams. All right. All right. Next up, Washington Commanders, Indianapolis Colts. Colts are three-point favorites. Ellinger's debut. Heineke coming, coming for another win. Does Heineke wear the blue and white shoes after this week? I think Heineke gets a dub, man. I think it's an easy dub, and that shoe thing was sweet. I saw those green and yellow shoes last week. Man, I want to pick Sam Ellinger, but I'm I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders. I think they win this game. They're coming off a huge win against the Green Bay Packers, and I think they carry that onto this week. And now arguably the game of the week, the New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's a three-point favorite. Wow. Who do you have winning this game? That's surprising, but I'm going with the weird favorite again. I think Seattle hometown game, it's going to be too much for the Giants and the Giants defense that has somewhat struggled. Okay. I'm going to go Seattle as well. I just think it being at Seattle really gives Seattle the advantage here, and I think they win this game and stay with and stick at number one in the NFC West. All right, moving on to the primetime games. Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills. Green Bay is an 11-point underdog. Yes, Rodgers is an 11-point underdog. Wow. I mean, you used to pray for times like this. Yes, as I that did. Game goes. Who do you have winning this game? I mean, because I used to pray, well, you believe can be achieved. And I think Buffalo absolutely obliterates them this week. Give me the Bills. <laughs> that would be your Let's dream, go. man. Let's Just go. Watching an absolute like beat down to the Green Bay Packers. Let's go, man. Let's <laughs> I just go. think Green Bay has no shot. Their offenses looked really bad. You can't count on Rodgers, but it's just Josh Allen and the Bills are just too good. And I think the Buffalo Bills win this game in an obliterate fashion. (laughs) Moving on to the Monday Night Football game. A must win for the Cleveland Browns. They welcome in the Cincinnati Bengals. They are three-point underdogs, the Cleveland Browns. The Cincinnati keep it up, especially with the Jamar Chase injury. I'm going to say this is a tougher game than expected, but I'll still go with the Bengals here. I think they find other ways to get it done. Okay. I feel like... I feel like this Jamar Chase injury is going to hurt them in more ways than one. So give me the Cleveland Browns. I think they bounce back and get a win after what I'm assuming. Yeah, the four-game losing streak. They're in a four-game losing streak. They can't lose five yep. games in a row, right? <laughs> but yeah, that being said, that wraps up this NFL prediction segment. Let us know your predictions in the comments um, on Instagram or Twitter, wherever. But uh, to quickly recap, I mean, your picks are Tampa Bay. Or you picked Tampa Bay. And yeah, then Jacksonville, so. Carolina is your upset pick. Las Vegas, New England. Philadelphia, Miami, Dallas as your lock, Minnesota, Tennessee, the Rams, Washington, Seattle, Buffalo, Cincinnati. And then for me, I picked Tampa Bay as well. And then Denver, Atlanta, Las Vegas, the Jets, Philly as my lock of the week, Detroit, upset pick, Dallas, Minnesota, Houston, San Fran, Washington, Seattle, Buffalo, and Cleveland. And a quick score update. Sadly, Amin is winning 5-2. He edged me. Yes, sir. <laughs> By one game, and that was the Bears game, which is frustrating. I just picked that just, just to have a different pick, man. Yeah, I, you beat me. It hit, that. man. It hit. 
And then to quickly recap, the two teams on a bye week are Kansas City and the Chargers. All right, let's move on to the next set of segments, the betting segment. I feel like this is like growing on me week in and week out. This is just yeah. fun to predict. Let's start it. Let's play. Do they cover a mean? Green Bay, Buffalo. Buffalo's an 11 point favorite. <laughs> Do they cover a mean? I think Buffalo embarrasses them. And this is the this is the day that Packers offense wakes up. And this is why I think that they'll get better moving forward. It's kind of a loss that they have to take and obliteration they have to take. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think Buffalo smokes them. All right. I'm going to go Buffalo covers as well. Next game, Steelers, Philly, 11-point favorites. Who would have thought Green Bay and Pittsburgh being both 11-point underdogs? Here we are. <laughs> I think they I think they don't. I think they cover the spread. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long game for Pittsburgh. Yeah, here we are. And I'm with you on that one, too. I just think the Eagles are too well-rounded right now. All right. All right. Chicago, Dallas, 10-point favorites. I think Dallas just covers. I think this defense is just too good, and they cover. This is boring, but I'm agreeing with you, man. I And that's oh, my lock of the week. So just, I do think Dallas yes, gets done. Yes, 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 yes. I'm like Daniel balls. Bryan out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next segment, over, under. Let's start off with the player props. I mean, I got a few for you. Let's hear let's hear your opinions. Tyreek Hill, 90, 90.5 wow. receiving yards, over, under. That's crazy that an over, under for receivers, 90 and a half. And the sad thing is I'm still picking <laughs> up the cover because I have no faith in our defense right now. I'm going to go over as well. I, I, in turn, have no faith in your defense. I'm going to go over. And this is kind of surprising. Najee Harris, 46 and a half rushing yards, over under. I'm going with under here. This is my first under. I just think that Philly run defense, defensive line getting even better now with Robert Quinn. I'm going under. You know, just for the sake of disagreeing with you, and, you know, I can, like, finally sprinkle in some homers, some homerism, I'm going to go over. But, yeah, over under, 46 and a half. I go over, you went under. Next one, Tony Pollard, 78 and a half rushing yards. Because Zeke's out, that's the reason this is so high. And I think he gets it done. I think they're going to be up by so much that they're just going to start running with Tony Pollard like midway through the game. So give me the over. All right. Um, I'm going to go over as well. I think he's just going to get the volume. And I think he gets it with a, you know, and a rushing light attack for the Dallas Cowboys. And then. The final two, DJ Moore and Deontay Johnson. DJ Moore is 61 and a half receiving yards. Deontay Johnson, 49 and a half receiving yards. Over under for both. If Panthers win, this is how they get it done. Check down to DJ Moore and a good run game. So I'm going to say over. All right. I am going to go under with that. I think AJ Terrell does his thing. AJ Terrell's playing, correct? I have no idea, honestly, but he's kind of struggled this year. So I, I what, regardless, I think help. he goes under. I think I think DJ Moore gets under. And Deontay Johnson, I think he gets over because he gets just insane amount of targets. I'm going to go with you on that. I do think Kenny Pickett's going to try to build that relationship. So give me the over. All right. And now heading into the games part of over-under. I put together a few over-unders from these games. And this is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a interesting, interesting, you know, segment right here. Miami, Detroit, 51 and a half. I'm going to say over. I just, I want to see somewhat competitive game from the Lions. So I'll speak into existence, say over. All right. I'm going to go over as well. I think the only way Detroit wins this is via shootout. And I think they have the offense, especially with Swift and Amonra coming back. Next up, Arizona, Minnesota, 49. You said this was going to be a shootout. Do you think yep, they go so over 49? I do think they go over 49 for that reason. I think okay. pass attacks are going to go crazy this game. I'm going to go under because I feel like Arizona just had they, these are the type of games they struggle in. And I think this offense struggles here. That's so I'm going to go under for that one. And then quite a surprising one here, Las Vegas and New Orleans, 40, 48 and a half. 
that's way too high, especially with what New Orleans is missing. So I'm going under. Yes, I'm going to go under as well. I just don't see a way they score with 50 combined. Next up, Giants, Seattle, 44 and a half. I feel like this is going to be a unanimous answer. Well, I'm going over, man. Yeah. This is this is the shootout that we've all wanted to see at this point in the season. Who would have thought? <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go over as well. And then finally, Green Bay, Buffalo, 47. It's just a... <laughs> do you, this, I want to see. Do you think they go over? I say over and Buffalo gets all of it. <laughs> Real, yeah. I'm gonna go over. Packers have to have some form of life in this game, right? And Buffalo, you already know they're gonna do their thing no matter what. No, yeah, I'm thinking like I think Buffalo scores 30. It's just a matter of can Green Bay score 20. Yes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you think you think they can? Yeah, I'm gonna go over. Yep. But yeah, that's gonna be interesting. You know, we'll see how that goes. But that is it for the betting segment. Let's head into the fantasy segment, the segment that we have been, you know, really been getting mixed reviews with. You know, I mean, yeah, this is the week we bounce back. Let's do this. this for sure. Start us off. I got you. So first one I'm going to give you, like I said, Debo Samuel out for the San Francisco 49ers. So give me Brandon Ayuk. He's going to be an absolute target hog this week, and that's good, especially for PPR league. So Brandon Ayuk, easy start. You want to give All the right. second one? We could all I got you. Forth we like could that. alternate. Yep. For me, I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. The reason being he has started, he started to take the lead role in Miami. And, you know, going up against the Lions defense, which we all know is one of the worst, if not the worst in the league, give me Raheem Mostert as one of the starts of the week. I like that. I like that. Another one, a guy who is relatively unknown going into the season, but now he starts to gain the workload as the Cardinals starting running back with James Conner out. Give me Eno Benjamin, easy start this week. Both Vikings defense hasn't been the best against the run, and I think Cardinals are going to get him more involved, especially in that check down pass, third down passing game. Okay. Here, I got an interesting one for you, and I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. The reason being, we seen him have a big game last week, and that was with Jamar Chase. Now Jamar Chase is hurt. There's more targets available, and I feel like Teagans won't be able to get all of them. So give me Tyler Boyd as a sneaky start of the week this week. There we go. And this last one, I don't sound like a heater here, but I'm going with Bill's defense, man. I, I think that's the easy start. Buffalo, well-rested. They're the number one defense in the week, in the league. And exactly, the number one defense. They get sacks like crazy, so that's good for fantasy. Also, they're going to be putting that pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And it's really up to Packers receivers getting open against the Buffalo secondary, who's played really well this year. And I don't think they get that done. So Yeah, that's a really interesting point. But that's a really good, really good start. But, you know, as much as we like to, like, list off starts of the week, we got to go with sits of the week. And I will start us off. And I'll start us off with a surprising one, Daryl Henderson. You may think, oh, he's a leading back in a Sean McVay-led offense. However, he's going up against a defense that's one of the best run defenses in the league. And I feel like this Rams offense is just struggling beyond repair this season. And I feel like this running game will be able to get it going. So Daryl Henderson is a strong, like, you know, a hard set for me this week. That's a good one. I like that a lot. I'm going to go with another running back. I'm sorry. It's your favorite team. But like I said, Najee Harris for the Steelers. We've seen his workload decrease week after week, and Philadelphia defense, again, is a really mm-hmm. good defense coming off a of bye. So just like I said with Bill's defense, I think they're going to be a really good defense too, and because of that, Nash is a sit. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And then for me, as you know, as much as you we hate you know hating on the Cinderella team, I got to go Giants defense. They're going up against the Seattle team. That's one of the best offensively in the league, and you know we said they've had their struggles. Sadly, sitting Giants defense. Who would have thought, you know, we'd have to say this, but here we are. Yep. All right. Now, these are some sleepers. These are picks like maybe if you got a flex spot open, something like that, some desperate starts, injury. Here's a desperate plug and play, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Don't blame us. (laughs) But 
First one, I'm going to go with Broncos running back, not Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray. He got the touchdown last week. They've been starting to do a 50-50 workload, and Latavius has looked a lot better with the with the handoffs he's been getting. So I think Latavius, man, I think that's a sleeper start. He can get you a 10 points with a touchdown. All right, that's a really good one. I'm going to go with Taysom Hill. No Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry. It's going to be the Taysom yep. Hill show. It's I don't know. He always like pops off in the Superdome. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's a tight end. He, you know, he has tight end eligibility in most of the apps. So yeah, I feel like with how weak the tight end position is, he'd be a, That's a great solid start. start. Yeah, A solid start this week. Of course. And now for the last one, it's a defense. They haven't been looking really good this year, but again, new rookie QB, not a rookie, but unexperienced, inexperienced QB. Sam Ellinger is going to be playing against commander's defense and, I think that's feasting territory for them, especially if he, you know, can't get things going or is reluctant to throw the football. So give me the commander's defense. Oh, that's a really interesting one. But yeah, that is it for this part of the show, the fantasy segment. Let us, we'll see how we do. I mean, I feel like we, we I feel like these are good picks. We'll Let's find go. out after this week how, how good we did. But yeah, before we wrap up the show, you already know we have to give our bold predictions. I'll start us off with a banger. I am going to say that the Green Bay Packers get shut out this game. Woo, I like that pick a lot. <laughs> That's a good one. For mine, I'll only give you one, but I'm going to say there's a kick return or punt return touchdown this week. We haven't seen it since week two, and I think oh, one, of the teams, one of the teams get it done. And I don't know which game exactly, but okay. I think it's, it's the time to break that streak. I heard him talking about it during the Baltimore Bucks game that we haven't had, and I'm like, you know, announcer jinx, this is the perfect time to put that into effect. All right, All right. that's a really interesting one. Shout out to you, man. But yeah. That is it for this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys did, make sure to leave a good review on wherever you listen to your podcast. Again, we are available on all the major podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so much more. And yeah, you can find us at Laces Out and wherever you listen to your major podcast platforms. With that being said, that is it from my end. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Stay safe, stay well, and enjoy the rest of the week. And you already know, as always, I mean, always deuces we out of here. Go.